What is up? My name is Kenny Wu, an online fitness coach to help men in the 20s lose weight, get out some first time to mindset, nutrition, and training. That's enough about me. Let's get right into today's episode. Hey, what's going on? Welcome to the Live to Inspire podcast. Today is Tuesday, so we're hopping on a Zoom call with my clients. We're going to go over how to manage pain using painkillers, just gritting through it. Is there any adverse side effects on muscle growth? I definitely had my experience and my rightly thought out plan of using painkillers to mask my pain away so I could hit some new PRs. I actually thought about that before, but you're going to find out it is not all that good. Now, how to work flexibility training into workouts and best intervals to focus on them, like for ankle mobility, flexibility helps squats. Water can get boring. How can we spice it up and make sure that our water intake is easier to get in? Tips or ways to use legs during bench press. Sauces. What is good? What can I use? Super sets versus regular sets. Any benefits? How to deal with cravings when friends are asking you to eat all the goddamn time. Awesome. Science behind the mind, muscle connection. So let's go dive right in. All right. So the first one is using painkillers for ingesting fruits. Like I remember one time itself, I think I just like I slipped on ice and I fell and my leg was hurting really, really bad. That was the first time I ever used pretty much any painkillers. And I always was like, no, never can eat touch painkillers. And I was like, hey, well, screw it. Let's this one time. Let's use it. And I actually get through my workouts and actually workouts my legs because I wasn't working out life for like a week because I was like, I was trying to bear through it. I was trying to do any exercise, but I really couldn't. Um, yes, it kind of sucks with all the ice over here. But that was the first time I ever used it and I could actually get through the workout. So was it an advantage over there where I could ride that quick relief? You know, it's actually continue teaching you work complete your workouts and it can improve your exercise performance um, by maintaining proper form and intensity during workout, which can be better beneficial in muscle growth. Now, the con to this side is letting masking with pain signals, which might actually to an extent to the injury or overuse. So it might be some drawbacks over there, um, especially if it's more of like a tear to muscle or you don't even break a bar or something like that, so then use the pain to kind of mask and get the workouts. Probably not the best idea, but I just knew I fell and nothing really kind of felt off because working while besides the pain part. So I don't think it was really broken. We kind of tear because usually you could feel a work big tear something like that. It's very, very evitable. And I didn't feel like I had that one. But on the other controversy side of that, is you know, if you felt like you had a tear or something that was really kind of awesome there. I don't know if you feel like maybe you know, broke or something on there added, probably shouldn't be using that painkiller to mask the pain to get in your workouts on the other side because you probably might just make it worse in that specific area. Now, if it's working out the other muscles, like let's just say in the leg, for instance, might be bothering you, and even just doing, I don't know, like a bench press, you can do your leg position. You can probably use a painkiller to do that. So you have to just like in right position over there, but you're not actually like squatting and using those leg muscles that might further injure it. So if that makes sense from that end. Now, there's one particular thing that we're researching about this because I remember I was like, oh, wow. I remember at that moment, just light bulb of me. I'm like, what if I use the painkiller? just mask that pain and just go to beyond failure because I'm not going to feel it being maybe I'll get more muscle into it. I was like, I thought I had done it some more research on that. There's very bad day that I first took that painkiller and it found out that actually during the process with the ibuprofen, especially it reduced inflammation. And now when you work out in the gym, it actually causes your muscles to get inflamed, which is a natural response, uh, muscle stress response. And that's necessary for your muscles to repair and grow. But if you're reducing that inflammation over there with 
you know, I had growth from the painkiller, then you're not going to really get that muscle growth over there. So like my, my thought process was a little flawed. It's like, oh man, okay, there goes my idea. But that's, I wish I was like, you know what, maybe I could speed up this process in his muscle just because of like, we're starting to painkill and like, I had this idea. But I did the race and yeah, which makes sense. So I was like, okay, well, there goes that idea. It's probably so better. All right. So next one is how to work flexibility into the workouts. Also best able to use them over here. Now I personally have really bad hip mobility and I really didn't really see my quads and my legs growing as much up until when I started really doing more, more mobility work every single time I went to gym, I then did my squats. This is because our hips were always so tight from all the sitting down I was doing and the driving just to go to school. So when I was squatting down, it my quads were actually getting much more unit recruitment. So basically wasn't feeling my quads much. And I didn't have that mind muscle connection either. And I was really kind of questioning it. I was kind of squatting up and down, moving the weight, not necessarily using the muscles. And that's just I was like, is this how it's supposed to feel like? I feel like it's supposed to feel like more like more of my quads. Well, what I really start to implement more of this mobility training, loosen up the muscles, especially around my hips, because they're always so tight. As well as doing squats, is well, a lot of times they lower back pain. And that was because of my tight muscles on my hips. And that was causing a lot of the pressure that I was using to actually just go on those muscles instead on the hip flexors, we call them, and not on my quads. So that was a controversial thing that really kind of accelerated my gains when I really kind of worked on the mobility side. Now, how you really notice if your hips are really tight is usually how much you bend when you squat. So if you like do a barbell back squat and you kind of squat, you know yourself like folding forward itself, then your hips are probably really tight. And then we were messaging you too as well. I did some more kind of mobility exercise. I do usually get people send me like their squat form and stuff like that. That is something kind of look for. But now at the same time too, is a little ankle mobility. If you notice your heels lift off when you're squatting or doing like a leg press itself, then you want to implement some ankle mobility because that's also going to limit how much your legs are going to grow. And yeah, so that was sometimes I sometimes have to work on this too as well just because of the shoes I wear. Um, they're ultra boost basically to have a better elevated heel aspect and by basically to the position on my shoe, my abs are naturally should be tight over here. And that means I have to compensate by doing more ankle mobility. So it's, it's a bit of a trade off on here on Now I don't always, always, always do this. Usually when I'm squatting, I notice I'm keep lifting off over there. Then I go do some ankle mobility work. I used to do it all the time, no matter kind of what, now you can. If you want to as well, there's no harm to it. And if you guys notice, especially if you have your heel lifting off, then we want to add some of that in there. And that's what I kind of look over on one videos as well. Got to separate those uh, videos that we squatted. Now, when you want to do these is pretty much before the workout. Anyone in the dynamic, so not dynamic. So what would be a dynamic is you're coming in and out of the lotion versus just holding it. So for hits, for example, I kind of do like I. Uh, I forgot the name of the size. This is four cord. That's what basically it's called over there. Basically, I'm dropping my knees to both sides with them being bent um, to give you a little better image or like a better thing I could, let's say, articulate to you guys over here is if you swung your leg back and forth itself, like, you know, if you have a straight leg, swung it back and forth, that'd be dynamic. But now if I were just hold my leg back behind the body, that'd be static. Don't want to do that because that could increase your chance of injuries. So things like dynamic, you want to go in and out of lotion, RV great, you slow the workouts over there, um, you with your squats, that's some other motions over there. Now, 
Side tracking can be done after your workouts if you want to on this end. Now, I pretty much don't really do any side stretching at all. I just do a little bit of dynamic work on there. And I usually have a few. I'll always have my go-tos because I notice my same muscles usually always get tight. This is what I do for some of my clients too as well, especially when I look at the posture during check-in photos. Then I might add in a few things over here, just like uh, as a standard every time I go in the workout, or if they tell you some things where it's like, you know, or moving patterns aren't looking right, that would always kind of add those basically to your routine over there. Now, water can get boring, so how can you spice it up? Now, I personally struggled with getting water before. Like, I would have a really hard time. I'd probably drink, like, maybe, like, a liter and a half a day max. That was before. But then it wasn't really so I really started bringing a water ball everywhere I went is when I really started drinking more water. But also, I made it a habit to as well. Like, before my workouts, I would chill, like, five and a half years itself. But after my workouts, I make sure to chill at least another abilities over there. Workout, I made sure to bring my water ball because if you went to the fountains, you just went to the water fountains and drank, you're probably going to drink a lot less because you had to walk all the way there, walk way the back, and just that subconscious of the walking side of things is going to make you naturally just drink less of it, right? So I pretty much always drink in between my sets over there, no matter what. It's just more like a natural thing. But just number one tip, is literally just always have a water ball with you. Like when I'm going for a walk or something like that, I carry it with me. When I went to a friend's house and carry it aside with me. When I am actually going to the ball, stuff like that, I should carry it with me as well. But yeah, it might be a little far for you guys instead. But the point is just always have it to get by while that kind of end because this is something that's very easily missed out if you don't have it. Now, you could also use like meals, like flavored water droplets to make it, you know, Less boring, if you want to call it that one. I know some people, they do that and they find it easier to drink water if they have a really hard time. Also, in the first thing in the morning, too, as well, I always drink my apple cider with lemon juice and the green and wigamy. Uh, basically, I'd pop in the village water to that. So that's another 500 abilities right there. Like I mentioned, forward guts and I'd work out another 500. So that's literally one and a half liters, just like that, no matter what. And all the other times throughout the day, drink it through the workouts. Just came with me and actually get quite a lot over there. So those are some just easy ways to make sure I can at least hit that minimal water to take, right? Where it's usually three or four liters at a bare, bare minimum. I probably should boil upwards towards seven, to be honest. All right. So meals and flavored water droplets, so definitely help you out with some gene lots on jury spice it up. Or if you're using like an ECA itself, just make one flavor with water, it tastes great. That is something that I would actually use a lot and be using the last well first ball being practical because I was like man this tastes amazing but also kind of helped me out with my cravings that's why <laughs> wasn't necessarily the water part it was just it tasted so good and I was just so private food and flavors so I just helped out but going into the next one is textual ways to use your legs during the bench press now if your goal is to really maximize like just a strength component it's just basically trying to push as high numbers as possible then this would be applicable if you're trying to maximize like chest growth and isolate that one, I would not use this. Like I personally don't use this well, uh, for night well, night I put nine percent of my training. The one time I ever go for like the one red max or something like that. If I felt like the bench press video for like three or fifteen or something like that, I would use leg dried. This is because it with the goal of hypertrophy or maximizing the growth of muscle, is you want to isolate that muscle as much as you can. So therefore if you use your legs and your bench press, you can take weight tension from your chest, right? So that's also going to touch into my muscle connection later on. 
But if your goal is for strength-wise, then how would you use this is basically, well, it's usually your setup that's most important for strength-wise. And specifically, the leg component is you want your beat back as basically as far back as possible, always playing out. At the bottom of the bench press, as you press at the exact same time, you want to drive your heels into the ground, almost like you're imagining pressing away from the earth, right? So that's how you would use your leg press or your legs during the bench press if your goal is really trying to maybe go like one rep max or really just focus on the strength component and try to uh, up your numbers on the long book scale. But now for my potential training, my purpose is over there, back to my chest growth, I would not do this. And if your goal is to just maximize strength through as well, usually go lots less reps, like between the one to five, that's all you really do. And that was true as well. We'll increase your chance of injuries just because of the amount of load you're using um, over there. So that is not most people don't really come to me for strength goal. And I were kind of just solely focused on that. Right? So I was just like, I want to go, you know, increase my bench to some 50 pounds. I'd redirect them to somebody else. That's not my kind of area specialty over there. About loss. Again, again, that adds muscle growth, so they're more in my best style. All right. Sauces, what is good? What can I use? Now, what I recommend for sauces is generally like sugar-free sauces. Like my sugar-free barbecue sauce from GQ. That's a very popular one over there. Sugar-free ketchup or like the sweet heat mustard. It's got like 10 calories, like 5 milliliters though, which is not much. I don't use much of it. But generally things with no kind of added sugar over there, I definitely kind of uh, throw those on the list. And generally, let's say lower calories, I would say like 20 calories or under for a serving size. I would say the serving size, I mean, 15 grams or under, or milliliters kind of under over there. But now, with that being said, lower calorie sauces are generally the ones you want to use. Like some barbecue sauces might have like 100 calories per 15 grams, like your 150 milliliters, something like that. That's probably something you don't want to use. Look at G Hughes, sugary barbecue sauce. I think it was like what? Like 10 calories itself for 30 grams was very, very light on that kind of end. Now, with that being said, spices are always great too, as well, like salt, pepper, garlic powder, very much no calories over there, or like dashes, something like that. Always, oh, she's all my favorite a lot of spices. Didn't before, it tastes, my food tastes like shit. The sauces can definitely kind of help out too, as well. As you go, pretty much search at zero calories, shaw sauces, or free sauces. There's so many out there, like there's now, especially. Or if you go to Amazon or go to your local supplement store and ask for like the sugar free sauces, they probably have like a whole line of them. Like I remember from GP was two as well. They now have like a red high chili one. There's like a whole bunch of different ones that you have like endless supply to get clean out and compare to cheese. Those all. All right. So super set. Now, this doesn't mean you're also going to douse the whole bottle into like one chicken rice meal. Wouldn't really digest very well for you with all this artificial stuff. Right. So everything in moderation as well was the key. All right. So supersetting versus regular sets. The benefits mostly for this one is more of a time component over there. Right. So most of my work itself is going to be regular sets just because I don't really have time crunch in the gym itself. So like where I feel some people, you know, want to get in and out within like 45 minutes, like an hour there. I just try to focus on maximum results regardless of the time, three hours of daily. I do three hours at itself, but I'll just say just more of a time kind of component. So you all kind of live busy lives over there. Now, obviously, this is my job and this will to as well. And I'm trying to get my pro card with the sport of bodybuilding. So I'm really trying to do as much as possible. So 
That being said, it's just a little retired component. And for supersetter, what it really is, is just doing back-to-back exercise, no rest. Now, the thing with this one is you always want to do opposite muscle groups. It's like a chest and a back or like a bicep and a tricep. Because if you just did like a bicep and a bicep, there's no point in doing that one because you're not going to actually rest that muscle um, over there in between that. But now if you're doing a chest exercise and you go straight to back, while your chest is resting, your back's working, and while your back is working, your chest is resting, so you can have a tight, shorter time frame on the rest period, and that muscle's going to be more recovered in that total time stance. So that's why the super sets are very affected. That sense, now they can increase heart rate to as well. Uh, which can lead to little bits more of the calories burned in that perspective. But overall, exercise itself in general, um, it doesn't burn as many calories as we might have a bait, right? So that's going to be your focus. Your focus should be just really trying to increase those numbers on your logbook, increase a little bit of strength, your reps, that kind of end. And that's ultimately going to be your better kind of results from there on end. So hopefully that answers that one. On deal with cravings when friends try to go or get you to go out to eat all the time. Now, I remember, especially when I was in high school with salt, so I remember we kind of meal planned and my friends still asked me to go yield all the time as if nothing really changed because I suggest me this huge switch lifestyle where I was going out to eat all the time. We went safe free, five dollar meals or over that and we went with dolls all the time with them myself. And then I had to just stick to my meal plan I set out and they're still asking me out to eat all the time, like bubble tea and stuff like that. And I just kept getting asked over and over. And then obviously I continue onwards, later on. And even like events so with family, friends, can ask still for events. Now, the biggest thing for this one is usually just like planning ahead. If you let's say you know you'll dead die with friends like that, try to eat something like before at, at home, before actually heading out to as well, which can help with your appetite, reduce temptations to indulge in other, other healthy options, right? So that can help you out. Because if let's say you eat something, uh, like your, I don't know, your ground beef with some potatoes or some green beans like that. Before you went out, you're really less actually hungry itself. And then you're probably going to have less reduced temptations. So you go for uh, like appetizers, make horse, alley like dessert over there. Well, if you're really craving like that whole pizza before, maybe you're going to go ask to share with a friend, maybe the cat half or something like that. So actually having a meal beforehand can actually just make you enjoy hanging out with friends more than actually focusing on a food component and a little shit like let's regenerate water and I really want to enjoy this food and I do have this mentality where it's like when I go out to eat I'm more focused on just hey friends over there the social aspect rather than the food and I've been at that point before where especially bodybuilding preps it's kind of hard I always have to reframe it it was like I was so focused on the food before that it almost led me to miss out more of the social aspect which is what eating up should be in the first place so it's like I'm there to hang out with my friends and there to catch up and there, you know, just have a good time versus all oh, I'm here to eat that burger that I really, really like, right? And just focusing on that one can lead to really unhealthy eating disorders. Now, I've been there, so that's what I really want you to focus on. I do go out to eat, and this is why this can be a great option, especially because you might be like, why the hell would I want to eat something before I go out? And that's why. All right. So also reviewing the menu advanced. It can definitely help out with my personal newest one. It's like checking the menu online. You can see like health options or something back. So if you're not really sure, you need to let me search it up on my fitness pal or in the website. If you're not sure about the calories wise, but generally there's some more options that are going to be lower calorie than the others. Like bacon's going to be higher calories than chicken. And if you don't know that, you probably could look up on the nutrition menu on the websites. 
All right. So with that being said, you can also list out some other alternatives. Like remember, I was doing a splash talk at all, and I was with my girlfriend over there, and we used to go to eat like probably once a week or date or cook together at least once a week. And I, we had to stop that all completely. So what we did instead was we went for like walks. Instead, we did more activity based, say by the tennis. We tried we tried squash. We did like some art class things. We tried um, a whole bunch of new things that weren't food related, and that is also a great thing you could do, right? So making those activities with friends. Also, there's a lot of other friends too as well. Where when I was on prep, because I still don't see them and have a social aspect. It's just doing things that were food related and that could be great. Now also having supportive friend and partner can definitely kind of help out because I do remember some of the friends I did have or you know, like partners, they really kind of understand it and they're really like, what the heck? <laughs> like, why can't we, you know, make it more like, why can't we go to eat? And it was very confusing. That aspect and it definitely did make it harder on my end. So just having those friends, like I remember actually ended things off to see Another girl, because she was a competitor itself, she competed and she did the show that I was doing, Vancouver, and she understood it all on that kind of aspect. And she was like, Yeah, like, you know, no question each, no question this. And like, even like, yeah, it was just very natural and easy. And we went out to eat like Africa's pretty much on my shows over there. And yeah, it was great. But just having people who understand or support you in that kind of journey over there, press you and definitely make things easier on that aspect. All right, so hopefully that kind of helps out back over there. Now, I want to talk about one last topic over here. It's basically science by muscle connection. Now, I'm not going to go super, super deep on this one, but I want you to realize why it is important and kind of like logistics behind it. So there was a study basically done with, I don't remember how many exact people, but one group was told basically to do the dumbbell curl. Another group was to think about flexing the bicep the whole time as I did the, the bicep curl. Now, the group that was told to flex and like flex the bicep the whole time while doing the bicep curl saw things about 30% more gains on the bicep, like how much like actual growth of the tissue over there. So it just went to show how much like it actually impacts. And, and actually on the science kind of level over there, it's basically called neuromuscular recruitment. So basically, when you initiate for muscle contraction, your brain sends out signals that your nervous system and the motor neurons connect to the, to the, the muscle fibers you want to use. And the more effectively, the more of these fibers you can actually recruit and use when doing a motion, that means the more that muscle is going to be used and by or for, you're going to get better results. So when you develop a better mind-muscle connection, you know, feel that muscle more, it's all through exercise, there is actually such as gold facts that will support this and your muscle groups over there. So hopefully that makes sense on that kind of aspect. If you need to go further into this, let's say you didn't compound exercise because you need barbell bench press, you're using your shoulders, your chest, and your triceps. If you really want to focus on your triceps with this exercise, really connect with that one, you can do it, right? You can probably um, just really focus on your triceps and you'll feel your triceps more. If you really want to focus on your chest, try that exercise and we really get into the mind muscle connection. You probably feel more. Whenever you do focus on more over there, you're going to recruit more of those muscles, and that muscle is going to grow more in general. So it's pretty cool how it really kind of works. There was also some other techniques and I position your torsos to make that certain muscle work more. But even just simple as really connecting to that muscle itself, maybe using some cues to really help out. All right, so that was it for this training. 
think the Australians should live to inspire podcast. The number one podcast of men in the 20s, but he's late and get ass at the first time. Migrants who despite others to the factory to bums fitness. So, you guys would tune into the episode and want to lose weight and get to an episode for the very first time. Give me word apps on Instagram, man, camping, art score. That is A-N-E-T-I-N-E-T. W-U-S-U-Underscore. And we'll have a chat whether or not I can help you out to use that way to get your app shown for the first time. That is the ending of today's episode of the Live to Inspire podcast. If you learned something today, then make sure you hit that subscribe button so you never miss out on an episode. Also, if you leave a written review on this podcast, that'd be greatly appreciated because that pushes this podcast to more people just like you.